are back with episode 856 of The Critical Myth. I'm John Harris. Tonight we have... This is Gary from Jacksonville. Jesus, a little quieter tonight, John. I'm getting used to our third player, dude. Yeah, unfortunately, we are both without the original version of episode 856 and our third uh, co-host, who unfortunately is uh, off once again on a small hiatus, uh, especially given the fact that we record every couple weeks. It'll only be a few episodes where Edmund is gone, hopefully, but uh, we look forward to his potential return later in, say, May. But uh, in the so meantime... So can we blame him for the missing episode? Yes, we'll go ahead and blame him for the missing episode in the meantime. No, it's entirely my doing... Um, we basically had a little bit of an audio file glitch that in the attempts to make the audio listenable, I basically rendered it completely unusable. So yeah, it basically had to be scrapped, which is unfortunate because we had a lot of good discussion in there with Edmund, but, uh, we will do our best to try to, uh, recover as best we can. But, uh, yeah, hey, uh, before we get any further, why don't we go ahead and give some kind of disclaimer for what we're going to talk about? And Gary, you can go ahead and do it this time. Oh, sure, no problem. As we discuss various um, uh, television shows as well as a few movies um, in the next sh- uh, show or two, um, we um, want to let you know that if you hear the title come up and you, you're not caught up and don't want to be spoiled or have some sort of inside information before you have a chance to view it, uh, put us on pause or wait a few days till you catch up. Um, we we don't intentionally spoil, but we don't want our discussions to be hampered by trying to have to dance around very important topics of these uh, different shows and movies. So uh, we're not apologizing so much as just giving you the heads up that we're all in. That's right. And, you know, we're, we're going to probably, uh, as usual, do a, you know, a couple, a couple relatively short shows. Um, first one being uh, basically everything but the episodic discussion. And then the second one being our typical show list. So that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into our show notes. And again, we've already talked about what happened to the original uh, version of this episode, but uh, there we are. Uh, there's been a few things that have happened in the re- in the last couple weeks or three weeks, um, not the least of which is that uh, there's been some news about certain renewals. And Gary, the CW has literally renewed just about everything that's on the air right now on its re- network. Yeah, can we get a listing? Could we get a listing of what they did not renew? <laughs> It'd be a lot um, shorter than going through everything. I think did they, they did not renew the uh, the the pattern that they show at the end of the evenings so of the network or something. I don't know. Um, I I swear I could not believe that they managed to renew everything again. I mean, uh, we know that there are certain shows that are ending, like the originals and so forth, but um, I can't believe that they brought back all of the DCW shows. They brought back. Supernatural for season 14. <laughs> I was stunned by that because I was sure that that yeah, show was they're going to have a car, out. one grip, and a camera. That's going to be about what they got the no, budget to this year. They're not even going to have a camera. They're going to force the stars to use their own iPhones to film the episodes. If the, well, they already yeah. they already did the cartoon one, so... You know. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Strangely but, uh, enough, that probably was more expensive than any other episode they had because <laughs> of the licensing, but anyway... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, well, it's interesting. You say that, you know, we talk about them renewing everything, but gosh, in within about two to three years, they've changed almost all their whole slate, really. There's not a lot of shows that were around three years ago here now. That's um, true. They've, uh, they've, they had, I, I, you were much more of a viewer of the, uh, the, the mini genre than I was, but it was a lot of, you know, young teenagers with various, um, vampires or mystical things and while they're, they're not completely gone off the network it definitely has diminished uh, significantly as they um, sort of chart this new path so um, much like um, 
uh, TNT killed the librarians. You know, the, the, seems like the the network is uh, shift, you know, shift moving in f- full force into what they currently want to be. And so, yeah, so renew the whole slate. I, even being a, a comic book fan, I questioned one or two of the renewals, uh, DC Legends. And um, yes. but uh, yeah, but uh, maybe I'll hold out hope that something good will come out of it. Uh, and actually, it, it, it might actually, you know, um, as I uh, whispered that uh, DC Legends, um, they are bringing Constantine as a on as a uh, full time character, so people who like him uh, should enjoy that. And um, if you are a comic book fan, it's supposed to supposedly be a lot like Justice League Dark, uh, a series that was out for a few for about two years, um, that sort of leans much more to the mystical. Now, how time travel leans more to the mystical, we'll have to wait and see. But that's what I hear it's supposed to do. And they yes, agree. With indeed. That's yes, good. and the dogs in the background agree. Yes, of course. Uh, we are, of course, uh, we, we do have studio pets here, so it happens. All right, so let's see. Beyond that, I'm just surprised that, the you know, if there turns out to be some kind of cancellation of shows like iZombie or The 100, I'll be surprised because those are the only ones that weren't represented at this point. All right, um, now... You know, we're talking about shows that are being renewed, but uh, some things are not being renewed, such as, for instance, the streaming rights at certain uh-huh. uh, websites and services. Um, this doesn't surprise me because we see it happen on Netflix and Amazon and Hulu all the time, but it certainly stings in this case. Uh, the Go90 app, which about a year ago came out with a slew of WB-owned shows, um, many of which had aired on Fox, Um it came out with all this fanfare that they now had the rights to shows like Fringe and Sarah Connor, the uh, Chronicles. Chronicles, and uh, let's see, what else did they have? Oh, Babylon 5. And so they, they mentioned that they had this. They came out basically just screaming to the heavens that they had these, and it apparently was a license they only had for a year. Because it's gone now. And it was gone with pretty much no warning. Oh, no, with no warning. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and that, yeah, Gary, was it was it you that was saying that you sh- showed up to to watch something, and basically, like it was two hours after the last time you looked at it, and it was gone. Yeah, it was still in my history queue, and I went to go watch it again, and it wouldn't let me. <laughs> um, it was uh, uh, it was uh, you know, it was uh, uh, fringe, and I've uh, since made other arrangements to uh, to buy the episode so that I can continue my uh, my uh, watch of it. But uh, but yeah, and that that being said, I do have two copies of the Babylon Five DVD, so it's not the end of the world. But there was an extreme convenience factor that let me rewatch the whole series over. Gosh, dare I say, like about three and a half months <laughs> because um, yeah, all five years because you know, you were able to sort of watch it and keep keep going with it just about any place you were. Uh, so it was the, the convenience really helped me power through my, uh, geez, I lost count of how many rewatches it was, but, um, regardless, it was, uh, it was a uh, very enjoyable, convenient. The, um, there were ads in it and I watched them and I didn't have an issue with them. So I'm assuming they were generating some money. Um, I guess in some ways it was just a stunt to hopefully get people hooked on go 90, but given some of their all other content that they have, it's really Geez, uh, YouTube quality is better. So um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I'm not. Sh- I don't. If they were, if that was their idea, you know, go in heavy and then have people hang around afterwards. They really needed to make more of an effort. They really did. It's pretty sad that this went away. As you said, there was a convenience factor. However, I'm going to just point out that most of those shows are available on Amazon Prime Video. You can usually get a season for maybe twenty bucks. Yeah, certainly for Battle on Five, that is the case. Um, so if you don't have the DVDs already, it may be worth just go ahead and splurging a little bit on Amazon Prime, get the series 
and be done with it. Uh, or you can get the DVD sets now for less than 20 bucks a pop anyway. So, yeah, Go90 kind of has, in my mind at least, pretty much taken a huge dive on, it, on its own. It's kind of uh, self-imploded. Because as you say, Gary, the, the quality, and I say this with air quotes, of their original programming is below YouTube grade. And, um, yeah, there's just so many other choices out there. That that was what Go90 had going for it, no pun intended. And if I know a lot of people who still hadn't heard of this service before. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. We've kind of said that there is going to be a point where you're going to have um, all these different streaming services kind of competing for that space, and there's someone's got to give. And I think that this was actually one of the concerns we had about Go90 from the start was that it didn't have name recognition. So having Babylon 5 on there was kind of a blessing and a curse. Um, it was great to have it available for streaming, but at the same time, it was also on one of the lesser tier, dare I say, lowest tier streaming services. This, despite the fact that I have to say it was fairly reliable, probably because nobody else was on it. But there we are. Um, any other thoughts on the uh, the loss of Go90, or oh. more more importantly, the loss of streaming of some of these good shows? Well, I just want to go back to say that, um, you know, as beneficial as streaming is, and honestly, it was free, so there's only so much you can complain about it. You, you're watching some ads, but very minimal in my opinion. Um, you know, this is uh, who controls the, the content you want to watch. Um, who's to, you know, if you, there's something that you particularly enjoy saying, you know, I'll stay with our default here, Babylon five, and you like watching it. Um, and you don't pay for it. Um, yeah, you're under risk of it literally disappearing. And when it's an odd property as Babylon five is in some ways is that it's sort of unaffiliated, even though it is Warner brothers, um, it often will disappear, uh, especially from the online marketplace at, at a whim, not just from go 90, but even from uh, Netflix or something else, it just disappears and then you don't have it. So, um, perhaps what you're suggesting, such as you know um, Amazon, Amazon Video, or some other place where if you love that show enough that you want to go back and revisit it, whether it's a show, it's a movie, you need to own the content. You need to own, you know, I, I personally say you need to own a DVD without being too luddite. But um, as I read some of the contracts, even when you buy something online, you're really just buying the right to watch it. <laughs> you're not, um, you're not actually owning a copy of it. And they can, if they go out of business, you're, you know, SOL. Not that some of these large companies should. But but like I said, if there's something, some uh, you know, property out there that really touches you or you know moves you that you want to uh, you know view in the future or you know sort of retain, you need to purchase it in some shape or fashion. If not actually, at least uh, digitally, so that you um, you have access to it when you want to have access to it. Otherwise, Netflix, Go90, Hulu, they could just cut it, and then you you're sort of lost. Exactly. Uh, I, you know, I know a lot of people who get angry every single time a show goes off of Hulu or Netflix, but the fact of the matter is that those shows are only available so long as the licenses are available. Mm -hmm. Once those are gone, so is your access. So, you, you know, you got to take this into account. I technically uh, could just go ahead and pop in the DVDs. I have those as a backup. Um, it's just not as convenient as it would be to just go ahead and purchase, say, what was left of Babylon 5's uh, viewing on Amazon. Uh, we had half of Season 5 left. So... <laughs> It was just kind of annoying that, oh, we've got 13 episodes and now we've got to start over or, or find another place to get it or pop in the DVDs. We'll do what we have to do, but at the same time, it's still very sad that this even had to happen. Well, I'm, I'm sorry it didn't cut earlier in the first half of the fifth season. I'm oh, sorry. I understand what you're saying. It's, <laughs> yes. Uh, free, anyway. Free us from Byron. That's, yes. Isn't that how it goes? 
correct. But um, yeah. So um, you know that. But uh, you know, this is going to it's really. It's going to be an ongoing thing. Is you know, Netflix or heck, forget about that. Look at it, even um, I'm a uh, Xfinity subscriber. Uh, things go from being on demand for free to all of a sudden having a dollar figure attached to them. Hmm. Sometimes without rhyme or reason, and so. Jeez, you know, oh yeah, I could go watch this for free, and then all of a sudden I can't anymore. So yeah, the the whims of the of these various media empires are, uh, you know, of course to make money. But like I said, if you think something's going to be readily there and available for free all the time, that's not true. It's not going to happen. So uh, you know, plan accordingly. As I'm on my uh, you know third version of Casablanca, <laughs> but um, I now have had it in beta of VHS. I'm sorry, four beta VHS. Uh, a DVD and Blu-ray now. So as I'm in my fourth version, you know, you have to keep up on with the things you love, I suppose. Mm, true, true. All right, next on our uh, list here is uh, well, speaking of streaming services, <laughs> this one kind of made me shake my or, or scratch my head, I should say. Amazon again, Prime Video here has committed to a Lord of the Rings series. Oh, that's wonderful, John. Isn't it though? It sure is. Five seasons of one. Well, there's a commitment. That's a commitment, all right. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, five-season shows, um, <laughs> wow. That, Who could pull off something like that? That is amazing, isn't it? Yes. Uh... <laughs> well, you know, I, I should say it's amazing that it's actually the number five, but, heck, we're seeing TV shows now that one, air one episode, and they already get a two-season renewal. So uh, yeah, that's true, this, this, this sort, this sort of uh, thing is becoming less and less a uh, complete surprise type of situation. And if they do it halfway right, um, you know, the ability to lock lock in all your price levels, um, builds quality sets that you know are going to last for the duration of the series. It could actually turn out to be a, a cost saving, a big cost saving measure as I, you know, as you as I think about it. But it still is an incredible you know, commitment regardless. What I what it, what it comes to my mind, at least, is that this feels like it is some kind of response to um, <laughs> to Game of Thrones. And the whole idea of HBO paying an enormous amount of money per, for a, you know a handful of remaining episodes, um, and you know the cast realizing that they're actually worth something, so now they're charging through the wazoo in order for them to stay on the show and so forth. And now they're skipping years just to be able to fund it and budget it, and and film it properly. It's if they pay for five seasons of a show. Um, Maybe, like you said, they're going to lock in some of those costs, or at least they can invest in it now, and then they don't have to worry about paying later. Uh, whatever the case is, it's still a gamble in my mind, because what if people just completely reject this show? Um, that's going to be a massive loss. On the other hand, this is Amazon. This is, a, this is a company that literally scoffed at the idea that you should turn a profit for how long? Um, Ten years. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe this is just their way of basically saying our gamble to kind of take or, or, or uh, put down stakes as one of the top three streaming uh, options out there is to have something this high profile and to commit to it for five years. It would certain it's certainly going to be something. Well, I mean, they're they're starting to have more than enough influence, John. That you know, even if it's the worst thing out of the shoot, I imagine you know, just because they're committing to uh, five seasons does not mean they're literally going to go you know go to go to um making making episodes for nonstop for you know for five years to and then just spool them out afterwards i'm sure there'll be uh you know adjustment times or things like that i doubt it i doubt it's a straight run okay we, we're going to shoot this in two and a half years and run it over five so I, I i share your trepidation but at the same time i think there will be wiggle room to adjust change and as needed if um it really starts to bomb a little bit so 
I don't think I don't think a five year commitment necessarily means that they're locked into a script or even directors. So uh, I, I'll give them the benefit of a doubt that even you know it starts to stink, they could turn it around. I suppose that's true. I mean, because it's not like the you know it's not with a five season run, it's not like your typical uh, you know ten to twelve uh, episode Netflix thing where they shot it all at one time, they're done, and that's it. Yeah. So. So I, I, I share your trepidation, but I think that gives them a lot of wiggle room. And I heard JMS wants to do it, so ah, yeah, that brings us full circle back to the uh, yes, yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Beyond that, Gary, have you seen any movies lately? I had, but you know, it wasn't a big dialogue movie. So, uh, but uh, enough happened that I can actually talk about it. Uh, yes, I went to go see uh, uh, the movie A Quiet Place that's uh, recently out with uh, Office alumni and other people as well. It was a uh, extremely suspenseful, uh, suspenseful movie. I, some people wanted to throw it into horror, but there really—I mean, there was a few scenes. Don't get me wrong, but there wasn't much of it. It was very much a uh, nail biter kind of um, um, movie. Um, I'm trying to think who the guy was. John um, Krasinski. Krasinski, yes, um, helped write it as well as direct it and starred in it, and uh, he was really good. Uh, you know, I, there was a depth in him that I really have not seen before, and it makes me anxious to see what he does with uh, the Jack Ryan series. And um, but he did a phenomenal job, and um, I can definitely see that this as I don't want to say he didn't have a career before, but uh, this is like a career launcher. This is like strapping an extra rocket onto the back of your career and shooting it forward. I think that's going to open up a lot of doors and uh, finance finances to him to do other projects. Um, it was uh, it was just it was it was extremely well done. Um, if I say it was suspenseful in a Hitchcockian way, I don't mean to say that there was any sort of homage or even. Um, you know, uh, blatant ripoff of any of uh, Hitchcock's technique. I'm just trying to get a sense of the feeling of the movie across. It was it, you. Um, it being a quiet place, it involved. I did say spoilers, but geez, I don't want to. I still don't feel like giving away that much. But it involved uh, basically nobody talking or making sounds for virtually the whole movie, and the whole theater was deathly quiet for the entire thing. You could hear every bag ruffle of popcorn. Uh, it was extremely quiet and. Um, that that brought that sense of tension from the screen into the whole theater as well. Um, it was, uh, you know, it, um, it was, um, it involved aliens. I will say that much, but it didn't. Well, I don't know. I should take that back. I think it involved aliens. They were never really clear. They were never really clear on it, but at the same time, it didn't need to be. It was a, uh, that almost was more of an environment issue than an actual plot point. Um, so it was more of just the framing, but yeah, it was, it was a really nice personal, um, a piece about a family dealing with incredible circumstances uh, the best they can, and um, it was uh, you know sad and heart wrenching, and uh, you felt like you overcame something at the end, and um, it was it was really good. But so so uh, it has some science fiction in it. It has uh, a hint of horror, but not much. Much it's all suspense, and it's uh, really um, I thought it was really good. I'm glad that I went and saw it. Um, but it it was a little off putting because when I say it was quiet throughout the throughout three quarters of the movie, I hardly heard anything. There was I don't think there was one line of dialogue for the first half hour of the movie, and it was a little unsettling at first. I'm not used to sitting in a production like that. Um, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, there's action happening on the screen. Um, 
not crazy, not violent action, but you know, people are doing things on the screen, but there's literally not a not a sound being uttered, and it's uh, I don't know, disturbing is too strong a word, but it was a little unsettling. You're like, okay, I, you know, you almost want to hear something at that point, and you you don't for like another ten or fifteen minutes after that, after at least I hit that point, and so it was a little bit of a you know, sort of uh, getting used to this, uh, the way that it was presented to us, but um, it was uh, very, very well done. And um, if you haven't seen it, I heartily recommend it. Um, but as I said, it's a it's a different type of movie uh, in a good way. And um, it, it, it warrants watching. I hope that, uh, I know it's been doing reasonably good box office, especially for the uh, low, low budget that it had, um, you know, out of the block. So um, I'm really encouraged by it. It was really good. I, please don't give me a sequel though. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it was it was really good I, i'd really recommend going out and seeing it uh uh not a young kid movie though uh please oh, okay. leave oh uh don't get me wrong probably you know 12 13 up would probably be fine much younger than that even though it's suspense don't take the, don't take the younger kids it's it's not it's not it's not it's not, no, it's not something for them there's no real as much as you would expect there's not much a uh, language there's no, no really bad language at all um and uh, you know, there's no other no gratuitous nudity or anything like that but um it is uh, it's not something for young children yeah i would expect that that would be the case uh let's see i now now i saw an equally uh disturbing movie now um <laughs> Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Oh, oh no. really? Okay, what blood and guts show did you see? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it definitely was blood and guts. Uh, I saw um, Ponyo, which of course is a Studio uh, Ghibli movie, um, which is uh, actually, it's. I would say that if what you were saying is far from kid-oriented, or at least for young kids, this is one of the more kid-friendly Studio Ghibli movies. Um Particularly, it, it's kind of uh, their version, if you will, of the Little Mermaid. So it's it's actually got some pretty uh, some pretty tame aspects to it. It's it is of course uh, a little strange, a little bit different, but at the same time, I think it's fairly accessible to everyone. Uh, it was the first time that I had actually seen the movie um, in, on the big screen, anyway, and so it was definitely an experience. Um, worth the time, I would say, to go out and see it. It's the first movie in this year's Studio Ghibli um, festival, that they call it, where they basically show one movie from their uh, collection uh, for, like, uh, one a month for most of the year. I think that this year it literally literally goes from uh, March through October, I want to say. So they might as well just say that it's an ongoing, like, monthly uh, thing, but... Uh, yeah, this one is a good one to start off with because it was uh, it was for the young children, especially. Now, the, um, there are this year some uh, movies that are a little bit less quote-unquote popular. I mean, they will have um, Spirited Away and My Neighbor Totoro later on in, um, in the year. But, uh, for instance, the next one on the list is The Cat Returns, which is uh, a little more obscure. So yeah, I think that it's uh, it's as I said a pretty cool thing to do if you like uh, anime, if you like some of these classic movies. Uh, it's definitely a great experience to go and watch these with other people. The, um, when we went to go see the uh, Ponyo, actually, what was really nice is that there was like this young uh, kid who was maybe I would say five at the most that was in the movie theater and hearing the comments from this kid throughout the movie um, was easily worth the price of admission. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it, it's fun when you see someone kind of see that movie for the first time that young. So, uh, let's see. How about other TV stuff, Gary? I think we're probably, uh, getting close to the end of our list here already, but there we are. 
Oh, well, uh, much as I mentioned earlier with the uh, great culling of um, uh, of Go90, I was I was almost finished with the first season of uh, Fringe. Um, longtime listeners will know I didn't sneak in until I think the latter part of the uh, fourth season. And um, I'm continuing to enjoy it. I definitely see as they made the run towards the end of the fifth and they started referencing earlier cases, I can now appreciate that. And um, yeah. I'll enjoy it much more in the second uh, second uh, round of viewing. And it's, jeez, uh, it's a really good show. I, I hate to say it, John, I like it a lot better than X-Files, <laughs> the, this new version of X-Files. So, uh. Oh, I, I don't blame you at all. I feel like, uh, I think I mentioned before that there were two shows that kind of took the legacy of the X-Files and made it better. And it was the, I would say, the early part, especially as Supernatural did that. And then Fringe did it uh, in their own way. And in fact, the first season of Fringe is a great example of having uh, your cake and eating it too when it comes to having a, a, a very deep mythology, which of course Fringe has a much deeper mythology than people even expected after the first season. Uh, mm. But also having standalone episodes that are pretty solid. Um X-Files always struggled with that. Um, Fringe made it look easy. So it was, uh, it was definitely a, a... And that's even saying with Fringe, the first season is actually... Uh, there are some rough patches in there, but it's still, in my mind, a, one of the best examples of a show uh, that has that seamless blend of standalone and, and myth arc elements, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. So, um, but so I'm in my spare time, other than our regular shows, I'm squeezing that in, and um, and so uh, so that's my sort of uh, rewatch that I'm doing right now. Um, you you've been mentioning you hit season five of Babylon five, so you're reaching the end of that rewatch. I'm assuming, John. Yeah, we are literally at the exact midpoint of the final season of Babylon Five. We've gotten through Phoenix Rising, um, so now we have uh, actually what many can, would consider to be the better half of season five to, still to go. Um, uh, we're we're kind of taking our time because, of course, it, we're not that far from the finale. Which, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to break out like an entire bottle of of, of something that day, uh, <laughs> despite what Mr. Garibaldi will, might have to say about that, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, how are you preparing the children? Is is uh, is any of your offspring watching it with you? Oh yes, yes. Um, my daughter is watching it with me. This is her first time through. So, oh jeez. Yeah, yeah. This we started this uh, over a year ago, so we've had, done it in fits and starts. And Go ninety was really convenient for that. But uh, we actually will be uh, will be uh, utilizing Prime Video for the rest of the run. So yeah, we'll we'll have to do that. But um. Yeah, there's like like I'm I'm half tempted to uh, sneak in some of the films and spin-off materials before we get to the finale, but I think that no, the finale really needs to come after you know in the proper sequence, and then some of that other stuff is kind of like the the way to soften the blow, <laughs> almost. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm a firm believer that the uh, in the beginning movie should not be seen till after the end of the series. So that's just... yeah, I think that there's quite a lot that once you've seen the main sequence, everything else is kind of gravy after that. But then you have she has forward to she gets forward to look to the second viewing, which in my opinion is even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, exactly. Uh, that that's that's kind of the way it goes with this show. Is that the, yeah, there's your first time through, and then you really get to savor all the the nuance afterward. <laughs> So we'll see how uh, how long it, it is before that happens, but we've got to get through the final 13 before we do any of that. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else of note. I don't believe that there is at this point. Um, read, any good reading material lately? 
I did finally purchase drastic measures per your review, so I'm going to be starting that this week. That's about it, though, as far as books. I, I've been traveling a bit, so it's been, it's been a hectic week or so. Uh, I understand how that goes. Uh, I've been basically going onto my shelf and uh, reading some of the things that have been piling up. There was book nine of the Chung Quo series that was on hiatus for about three years, and they finally kind of resumed publication of that. So uh, hopefully they won't be uh, hitting another hiatus again after just releasing one more book. But um, hey, you know, George R. R. Martin is showing them the way on that one, I guess. <laughs> and uh, also, I finished reading the third book of the iRobot um, Reichert trilogy, I guess you could say. That's the name of the author. Um, it was an okay book, much like the second one, or really all three of these books had the problem of the, of the resolution to the mystery was a little too obvious. Um, if you're going to make a mystery novel, don't make it easy to, uh, to predict who the killer is. That takes away some of the fun. Um, <laughs> beyond that... Uh, we do have a few things that are coming up in the next couple weeks that may be of note to some people. We have the return of The Expanse. Season 3 will be starting pretty much uh, by at the time that we're recording this. It has already started, so I'm very excited to see that. Um, I'm, of course, holding out for the non-edited versions. <laughs> Um, not the, the broadcast versions. Um, however, uh, also on Netflix, and Gary, I'm just curious if you're even going to try this, Lost in Space will be coming out this, later this week, and I've seen yeah. some commercials for it. It looks like an interesting adaptation. Yeah, I mean, they're they're pulling out the um, pulling out some non-traditional casting, um, but if it makes for a good story, I'm okay with it. Uh, to me, at this point, the original will always sort of sit in its own universe, and no matter what you name something, uh, I don't think they... Uh, can ever quite bring that back, nor would they want to. It was a it was a product of its time in many ways, and uh, I don't think I want them to bring it back exactly the way it was. Um, I I know it wouldn't be popular at all. So oh, no, I would. No, no, so no. yeah. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. Uh, some of the casting I have questions about, but I, I like it, uh, a lot of science fiction. I want it, I want it uh, to be more prevalent. So I will be I will try and keep my mind open to it. Um, the only thing I will complain about is uh, I wasn't thrilled with the robot. I, I wish they kept it just a little bit more retro, or at least more reminiscent of the original robot. At least some sort of a harken back to it, but it, it appears that they uh, have not done that at all. And It looks uh, almost like uh, an Amazon warrior from the few pictures that I've seen of it. So um, I just wish there was a little bit more of a throwback design-wise, but uh, that, at the moment, that's my biggest complaint. Yeah, I think that the robot design is actually the one of the things that's going to throw a lot of people off, so it wouldn't be surprising to me if that's a, a, a common, uh, I don't know if the word is complaint, but a common comment, I suppose. Mm. But there we are. However, and oh, just one last thing, and unlike the uh, movie adaptation of Lost in Space, they actually did have uh, Bill Mummy on set at Netflix, and uh, I don't know if he had any input or not, but they he, sort, he did give it his blessing, which uh, he was not able to do in the movie, so... <laughs> or refused uh, to do with the movie. So uh, so it's got some uh, uh, provenance to say, uh, give it a shot. Or if you feel guilty, that's new. Um, he said to see it. So there you go. All right. What we're going to go ahead and do then is wrap this episode up. And then when we come back next time, assuming that I don't mess up the audio file, we will be talking about uh, our episodic discussion. So until then. Backups, John. Backups. And so ends another epic episode of The Critical Myth. If you want to leave a comment for this show, head over to vognetwork.com. Not only can you find links to the podcast version of each show, but there is a dedicated forum, a ton of written reviews, and related articles by the crew throughout the site. For the written reviews, you can even leave your own review. So let us know if you agree or not. 
You can also leave comments on our Facebook page, Critical Myth, on Twitter at Critical Myth, or Google Plus under The Critical Myth Show. Any and all use of copyrighted material is only intended for discussion, commentary, parody, or educational purposes, in accordance with U.S. Code Title 17, also known as Fair Use. In other words, please don't sue us. And of course, the statements and opinions of the Critical Myth crew are not necessarily those of the VOG network, its partners, or affiliates. But let's face it, we're probably right anyway. Until next time. Watch, watch, read, read, and listen, and listen, and believe, and believe in the critical, in the critical myth.